Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. This time fueled on nothing but coffee, brioche, and energy from Robert Pattinson's beard. It's our first dispatch from the Cannes Film Festival. Hello, I'm Jake Cunningham, and I'm interrupting your regularly scheduled pod programming to bring you some capsule insights from past and future Curzon podcast guests, as well as Curzon's own programming team about the best films on the Quasette, previewing the most exciting films arriving in cinemas in the coming months or even years. So keep your ears peeled and make notes as we quickly discuss some of the biggest new films from the biggest directors to small new works that you'll want to keep track of. Now, in the words of my favourite physician, allons-y! Okay, so now we're going to jump in with one of Curzon's programmers, Ben Linden. Uh, So Ben, you've been luckily getting some insights into what's going to be hitting cinemas over the next year maybe even further uh, and i've given you the horrible job of giving us a select few highlights from the first week of the festival yeah that's right i'm um i'm managed to get a few films under my belt like usually the sort of earlier part of the festival it's a bit of a scrum to get in but i'm i'm doing quite well so far yeah it's been a sort of interesting start uh, first film little joe which is the um, jessica hausner um botanical horror uh which is playing in competition this has got ben wishore in yes ben ben wishore and uh, emily beecham who um some people might recognize from uh, the drama daphne which was out a couple of years ago so they, they both play um plant breeders working in in a laboratory um and that always goes well as I, as <laughs> yeah, I understand oh, oh. It. yeah definitely nothing, nothing ever goes wrong with, with science in um in in these kind of movies um but yeah it's 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 um essentially what they're trying to do is is breed a new plant which which brings happiness to people um uh, but yeah obviously that doesn't go according to plan um it's I'm trying to think of there aren't, probably aren't many examples of um, of plants being being a nemesis uh, within cinema, but there's the stuff like Day of the Triffids or um, you know Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, this this kind of has a sort of invasion of the body snatchers vibe to it as well. You know, it's the, the plant essentially wants to control people's emotions to the point where they only care for the plant. And it's nice to see something a bit genre-y in competition as well. Uh, yeah. It, it it sort of um it adds a bit of variety to um 
you know a lot of the sort of the, the french melodramas that you, you tend to see out here but um this is this is kind of um you know a, bi- a bit more to my sort of my sensibilities it's um it, it's it's a black comedy that it's quite a stylized world you know the um the the laboratory it's not just all sort of cold white clinical walls they the the costumes they wear are, all, are quite sort of um interesting pastel colors and they all sort of sport quite quite interesting haircuts um yeah this this just kind of adds to this sort of off-kilter vibe that they're they're going going for in this so speaking of competition perhaps the film that's maybe had the most talk since its debut within that section of the festival uh is portrait of a lady on fire which will be coming to uk cinemas and on demand via curzon later in the year yeah that's very good news um uh i i think it's it's i've seen a few people anyway sort of touting it for potentially being a, a an early palm door favorite so obviously if that does happen great um a lot of the the sort of comparisons i'm 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 guessing from this this story is well firstly call me by your name um and also another comparison i've heard mentioned a couple of times is rebecca um the daphne uh demaria novel obviously um hitchcock made a very famous version of it uh but yeah what what's um interesting about this comparison is the way that we're introduced to Adele Hanel's character she's um she's the daughter of a noble woman uh, and is the subject of uh, of the portrait in question uh, she she actually refuses to have a portrait taken which is um is due to an arranged marriage which is is, is thrust upon her a relationship develops between the artist and Adele Hanel's character um she's actually painting this portrait in secret whilst pretending to be her companion for her taking her on long summer walks uh, what's interesting is is Adele's character is hidden from you at first we only hear about her and she develops this kind of mythical persona um, when we are first shown her you, you, we only see her from behind and, and eventually her face comes into view so it's again it's kind of like this this um this myth of Rebecca mm. and this this um persona who over time we we suddenly get to know it's just teasing it out gradually exactly yeah um so you know as they take these these long walks along the coasts um that's that's when this this um relationship blossoms you you can tell that the the main character she's um she's she's obviously trying to memorize her face so that she can paint paint her when she returns to her studio but um these these longing glances is where, where this sort of relationship starts to blossom yeah uh, and it's it's not just this story and the the on-screen side of the film that people are very excited about it's um Celine Sciamma who I'm sure people might know from uh well the first film of hers that I saw was Water Lilies um but for Tomboy and Girlhood and this feels like uh, a big breakthrough moment for her the way that people are talking about it and the way that as you say this is the one that is maybe the first one that is really being highlighted as a potential Palm Door winner as well. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, Girlhood that was um, contemporary France and and inner city France. So this this is sort of polar opposite in this regard. But you know, she's she's certainly um, a very very talented filmmaker when when it comes to um, 
to, to looking at young women. You know, I think I think um, you know there's been plenty of praise for say the the Dardenne and their their treatment of young male characters, but this is um, this is obviously this seems very timely to have um, this kind of story uh, grabbing the headlines um, within the Palme d'Or category. Yeah, and so talking of headlines, maybe ten years ago the idea of a new Terence Malick film hitting Cam would have certainly been the thing that would have covered a lot of press with a lot of excitement and no trepidation at all uh, but that's fast forward eight years later and the prospect of a new Terence Malick film is maybe something that people are less excited about as they were uh, a decade ago uh, but you've been lucky enough to see A Hidden Life formerly known as Radigand. Yeah that's right I, I mean I, I can't believe it was that long ago that that Tree of Life was was on in cinemas, but I think it was the first film which I I'd ever seen presented in 4K, and I was absolutely breathtaking by it. And um, seeing his latest film, Hidden Life, again, it's 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 spectacular. He's um, he's he's kind of um, drawing on influences from several of his bas- his his previous films so um tree of life it's definitely got those sort of vibes with it within it you know the sort of relationship of of nature and god and our place on this earth and and it, it certainly has that um that tree of life aesthetic you know the, the cinematography is you can't you can't move for lens flare and and deep focus shots it's set within the australia the, the austrian mountains and it it looks incredible um, but the the main character is, is a farmer, so that's, that that for me it felt like he was going back to um, Days of Heaven, his his earlier career, and um, I think a lot of criticism. I mean, you know, Malachi is a bit of a Marmite director. Some people love his work, others find it very difficult, and I'd say this film is perhaps a bit of a return to his his earlier films in terms of its narrative style it's it's a bit easier to follow i mean it's it's actually based on a true story so he he must have at least had a script to go with for this one um but it's it's essentially the story of a a conscientious objector all austrians were forced to swear an oath pledging their allegiance to hitler um within the war and this was something that he refused to do uh, he refused to fight and was was essentially uh, was was eventually um, uh, incarcerated for it. The overriding message of the film is what sort of impact do, does this kind of gesture have? Uh, the the title of the film itself, A Hidden Life, is is a clue to that. I mean, we can we we can choose to to opt out of these things and and um, morally, ethically. You know, our religious beliefs may, may govern this, but what is the cost of it? Mm. You, you, you see, um, they, they work on this. Him, and, he works on a farm with his wife and uh, and their children, and when, once he goes away, uh, they're left to fend for themselves, which uh, which comes at a great cost. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it, so it's just like a casual, light, breezy three hours. <laughs> it's um, it's is not a short three hours i'll put it that way it's, it's quite a short story well it's not it's not a a, a story that spans a, a lot of years most of the action takes place in 1943 uh, but malik you know as is his way he he likes to eke out every every last drop of 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 the story brilliant well i look forward to seeing that one in the cinemas hopefully sometime soon ben thanks so much
So I'm joined by Catherine Bray, who listeners uh, may know that in my outside of pod work, I work with a lot of short films for Channel 4's Random Act Strand. And sadly, part of the contract for me doing that is that I have to do it with Catherine. Uh, so Catherine, you're actually here on the Quasette to watch a lot of short films. Uh, what have been some of the highlights that you've been watching? Thank you so much for that introduction, Jake. Uh, I feel really good about myself now. Yeah. Um, the shorts this year, I've been really impressed. Um, I think the standout for me is one that just screened in competition. It sort of reminded me of Roy Anderson's work, a glorious Venice screening, which remains one of my festival attendance highlights to date of a pigeon sat on a branch contemplating existence. Um, this short, which I forgot the title, What's it called, Jake? All inclusive. All inclusive. Brilliant title. Very memorable. It's a anyway Scandinavian film about a guy who's one of those sort of real um, down at heel, can't catch a break types, and we're inherently we're very sympathetic towards him to begin with. But it's one of those films where you think it's taking a revenge of the nerds type trajectory, and it is. But what it's questioning is whether the nerds really do deserve to get their revenge like yeah, the fact that somebody hasn't got any power doesn't mean they're a good person i think come the end of it it feels like uh, revenge of the nice guys yes it's exactly that it's the why won't you date me i'm such a nice guy are you though yeah <laughs> and what if the nice guy's got the power what if the nice guy has the surreal power to command literally anyone to do anything up to and including drop dead wonderful film yeah and coming in under about 17 minutes as well yeah, um, unlike the other brilliant short I saw, which was actually an hour long. I think that we need to, I don't know, m- mid-length film, something like that. We need a new category. But Tenzo from uh, Japanese director Tomita. Wonderful film. He's interesting. He works as a truck driver, um, saves up his money, goes off, makes a film. It'll screen somewhere like Locarno, and then he goes off and goes back to being a truck driver. Uh, Tenzo is his latest screening in the Semen in the uh, special selection. And it's this really wonderful look at Buddhist monks. And it's a calming, calming kind of an island amidst all the madness of Cannes. It just sort of makes you contemplate how you experience emotion. And for me, provided a template of how I try to experience emotion, which is obviously being in the moment, not repressing things, and not sort of letting them pull you every which way. I guess uh, if you're a Buddhist monk, you're allowed to call that Zen. I'm not a Buddhist monk, so I'm not allowed to describe myself as Zen, but it really struck a chord for me. Okay, I didn't know you were allowed to do that, so I think maybe I'll, I'll leave work and start becoming a truck driver, and then every so often I can uh, just come to a festival instead. Thanks for coming up, Catherine. <laughs>